0: Hello, and welcome to Tour of Truth with Krista and Company. Today's company, I am so excited to have Pastor Dale Blair with me, and we have something really great to talk about, and that is God and His characteristics and who He is, and I'm just excited to have this conversation with you today, Pastor Dale. Thanks for being here.
1: I'm glad to be here with you. Looking forward to it.
0: Pastor Dale was my pastor for many years, starting back in my early 20s, which was only just a couple of years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just <Right>. kidding. <laughs>
0: he He has pastored for 32 years, and he's been retired from Cornerstone Church for the past eight years. I don't think that you ever fully retire, though. Is that right? You're still working with the youth and active in the church. Yes.
1: Can't retire.
0: You had mentioned what was on your heart, talking about God as a father, and it had me thinking the way that we view God is a filter for how we view everything. If we see God as cruel, then we begin to see the world as a terrible place. If we see God as distant, then we start to suffer in our relationships with other people. If we see God as hateful, then we see ourselves as worthless. Everything we believe about God directly connects to what we believe about who we are and how we behave. The role that a father plays in a child's life is beyond measurement, and sometimes that's positive or negative. I've heard people that I've had different discussions with throughout the years about their own personal relationships with God talk about the way that they interacted with their own father here on earth dramatically affected the way that they viewed God. Absolutely. The truth is, all fathers are not great. Some are absent, some are abusive, and others are apathetic. Even good fathers can fail at some point or another. But we have a father in heaven who never fails and doesn't fall short. If there's one name for God that has the power to dramatically transform the lives of believers, it's that we can call God Abba. And he tells us that in Romans 8.15. Abba, the affectionate Jewish word for daddy. To see God as our father changes everything.
1: Yes, it does. I was fortunate. I had a great father. And like you said, a lot of people don't have a great father. But at the same time, when I was growing up, I was raised in church, brought up in church. We were a lower middle class family. My dad's father was a police officer here in Greenville and was killed when my grandmother was pregnant with dad. So he never knew his father. At the same time, he didn't know a lot of what to do, but he worked hard and he loved us and we knew that. We were in church, we were brought up in church. I'm grateful to him for that. However, during that time, what I heard, and I don't want to blame anybody else It's my responsibility as a Christian to find out from the Word who God is. But I didn't see God as Father. The message we heard a lot was, you know, get right with God. You got, you know, and it was a sin consciousness kind of a thing. And eventually, when you hear that all the time, just like you were talking about, what you're hearing determines a lot of times what your belief system Mm -hmm. is. And so we end up with a sin consciousness where all you think, oh, is I've sinned or whatever. And as a young man, you know, you're young, 10. you you got hormones firing (laughs) crazy in your body you know and you look at a girl that's good looking and has a nice figure and everything and oh my lord you've committed adultery in your heart you're going to hell so you got to go get saved all over again so that kind of thinking you can't live like that
0: just messed up and you're going to go to hell that's, and right. that, that's not biblically accurate
1: no it's not it really isn't and that's the way i understood it i'll take responsibility for that and not blame anybody else you know pastors especially we're doing the best we can and i just a little side note here for all the church members out there listen pray for your pastor you know mm-hmm. you may think oh, well he's he should do this or he should do that you don't really know what he should do because you're not in his position but he's doing the best he can trying to lead and guide and direct people and help them to grow in their relationship with the Lord.
0: Like you said, people are doing their best to shepherd the flock and preaching truth, but it's it's a large message. It's There's mm-hmm. a big story to unfold in the Bible, and so you have to look at the fullness of who God is to really understand it, and sometimes it goes to one extreme or the other, and both sides of that, when you go to the extreme, can be an error.
1: All right, absolutely. For me personally, in my life, I walked away from God for 13 years because it was just a sin consciousness I, everything was wrong i couldn't i couldn't live up to what i was hearing it
0: was too hard
1: it was too hard i couldn't do it so i just gave up but after 13 years when you realize your world is caving in around you and all you're doing is sliding deeper and deeper into darkness and you're trying to fill that hole up or fill that emptiness up that's on the inside you just can't do it, it Maybe strange to some people but god spoke to me in a bar Now, back in the day, that was 40 years ago. Back in the day, we called them lounges. We didn't want to call them bars because bar had a different connotation to it, you know, so it was a lounge. Because what happens when you go in those places, you know, they're dark for a reason. So you can't see what it's really like. But standing in a bar one night, well actually, it was a Thunderbird Lounge here in Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina. I'll never forget it. I mean, I can visit that moment. I wasn't really listening for God. I thought I was chasing women. I don't know what I would have done if I'd have caught one. <laughs> but so, But I'm there in that bar, and God spoke to me. I wasn't expecting him to, to say anything to me. you know. I didn't really know much about hearing the voice of God. And he said, what are you doing in here? Before I could answer him, he told me, he said, you're looking for something and you don't know what you're looking for. And you're watching all of these other people and they're looking for something and they don't know what they're looking for. So what are you doing in here? And all of a sudden it was like the light was turned on. I saw this room in the light and it was, it was not pretty. It had a bad smell to it. you Cigarette burns on the floor, there were stains on the floor, but you couldn't see it in the dark. So I set my drink down and walked out. And later on that night, with the enemy trying to convince me to take my own life, God said, why don't you pray?
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I love how he pursues you like that. Oh, he does. That's amazing, even when you weren't looking for him.
1: Yeah. When I did pray that night, it was like somebody took a ton of bricks off my chest. That burden left me. And so from that time, a lot of events happened. I found some scriptures that really changed my life. It's Romans 5, where it says, His love is extended toward us even while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And that began to change my way of thinking about who God is and about what he really is like. I think one of the most uh, life-changing verses for me was 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, for he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. It was life-changing because Mm -hmm. I began to see that, wait a minute, God's not up there trying to beat me up.
0: He's not trying to keep you out. He's trying to get you in. Yeah, try, yeah mm-hmm.
1: trying to get me in. And it was mm-hmm. an awesome life change. And, uh, you know, you go back you go back into the book of Genesis in the beginning. One of the great things about God is he is immutable. That means he doesn't change. Now, he will change his mind, but his character doesn't change. You know, if Moses and God had ever gotten together in agreement, Israel wouldn't exist. <laughs> because half time God wanted to kill him the other half Moses wanted to kill him so they would intercede with each other and stop that but the most devastating sin in the history of mankind seconds old the first thing out of God's mouth is I'm sending a savior because Genesis 3:15 is the first mention of Jesus in the Bible because it says I will put enmity between your seed and her seed between you and the woman between her seed and your seed the woman does not carry the seed the man does and so he's talking about right there in the beginning, that sin, second soul, and the first thing out of his mouth is I'm sending a Savior.
0: I have really, I've never heard that. That's incredible.
1: It, That's... It, and see, a lot of times we start reading through the Old Testament and we start thinking about a vengeful God. Mm-hmm. But if you really study it and read through it, you will see there are four characters in the garden right there. There's God, Adam, Eve, and Satan. They're all right there. And Adam had actually given dominion of the earth over to Satan when he sinned, mm-hmm. when he rebelled against God. So from that moment on, from Genesis 3 15 on, you can see Satan trying to destroy the seed and God protecting the seed. And the seed was going to be Jesus Christ. Sometimes people say, well, how come it took so long? Well, a day is a thousand years, a thousand right. years is a day to the Lord, so it was four days. So as for me personally, beginning to understand the character of god was life-changing for me and second corinthians 5 21 like i said that i can become the righteousness of god through jesus not because of me but because of jesus
0: right and that's what this whole thing is about <clears throat> even with the balance and the fullness of the gospel it all boils down to a relationship he earnestly desires this love relationship with us
1: absolutely and i don't know who's listening today but some people might think God doesn't talk to you, but he does. He speaks. In fact, John 10 talks about it all the time. My sheep know my voice. And uh, you know, you, I've known you for a long time, but if in our relationship we just came here today on this podcast we just sat and stared at each other, it wouldn't be too good, would it? <laughs> <laughs> so how could we say a God who is love doesn't want to communicate with his children right and uh, if we hear his voice and follow his voice and yeah hey we all miss it we all drop the ball from time to time and but you know what like you said earlier God is pursuing constantly
0: he is in the old testament god was showing us sin he was showing us what it is and how dangerous it is when we look back through these stories to understand god's ways and his character and he made examples of some of the people but not just because they were bad or that he didn't love them but as a way to show us that sin leads to death not to life so he came down personally from his throne in heaven and became a man nothing special to anyone on this earth just to show us that we were the most important thing to him
1: yeah Absolutely. A lot of people have different views of God. And one of the things that we're discussing here today, and I want to get across, and it's my message to anybody who will listen, actually, is I understand theology, and I appreciate theology, but if the only way you ever see God is theologically, then your relationship with him will not progress to where he wants it to be, and when you begin to see him as father, then you can understand, you can communicate together, you can communicate with him. As a matter of fact, in the just in John's gospel, Jesus himself mentioned the father 104 times in John's gospel. It's written in the red, you know, it's right. pretty important, so, but he talks about the relationship that he had and to all those that might be listening to our podcast and maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your father i've had people ask me that question Well, you talk about seeing god as father but i didn't have a good father well in that case you've got to look at the relationship that jesus had with his father if you go through the gospels and you study that you will begin to see the love that they had for each other and let me just remind everybody Jesus was humanity and deity at the same time, but everything he did on the earth, he did in his humanity. He did not do it as God. Hebrews says, you know, that he was tempted in all points, just like we are. What can you tempt God with sin? No, he was doing what he did in his humanity and he won a victory in his humanity. And because he did and empowered us with his spirit, You and I have the promise that we can live in victory as well.
0: Yes, and He gave us the example, you know, which was submitting to God. The Bible says submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A lot of people will say resist the devil and leave off the submit to God part. Right. That's the key. Right. You know, and that's what we saw with Jesus, that He was constantly in prayer. He was in fellowship with the Father, and therefore all of this could be activated in His life. He had authority because of that relationship.
1: That's right. Absolutely. You're exactly right. relationship that he had. And so, you know, sometimes we think about, I think that there is so much in the body of Christ today. There is so much teaching about sin. And listen, sin is a bad thing. I understand. But if we have a sin consciousness, how you think is what you become. And so, you know, a lot of times we think of repentance as being, okay, I got to go down and make a decision for the Lord. and, And I'm sure that has a right place. But repentance really is change the way you think.
0: Yes, the Bible says that we should realize that God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance. That's our starting point. In beginning a relationship with God, it starts with recognizing that we're a sinner. And we're drawn into this knowledge of who He is and that we are a sinner and that we need a Savior, and so we repent before the Lord. And once we are now in this relationship with God, we might have to continue to repent, you know, because there's a process that's occurring as a child of God. We're in a process of sanctification by the Spirit in that God is revealing things to us and we're growing and learning and being prompted by His Spirit. But as He points out sin in our lives, we recognize it and we repent. And so every time we do that, that's why it says that his mercies are new every morning and his grace is sufficient because his grace is sufficient every single day. You know, we aren't supposed to be living willful lives of sin, treating the grace as a license to sin but we are most likely still going to sin. And that's why the Bible tells us that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus for those who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. But people can get overwhelmed as well with the list and get drawn into legalism because they're looking through all of the to-dos and the things they think they need to do to be good. And that's exactly what we're pointing to is that it's not looking at the list, it's looking to the relationship. And that's why Jesus said that his burden was light. The reason for that is because when you're in a relationship with someone you love, you just want to please them because it makes you feel good because you want to be in a a good relationship with them. You know, it's not out of obligation. So it changes things. And Jesus also said when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And it was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself would be second And he says, on these two things, hang all the law and all the profit. And if we break that down very simply, we can make this whole religious debate go away if we just look at that and say, listen, he said if we walk in love. But that's where love can get mixed up as well. Because one who walks in love will be obedient. Because you'll have a transformed mind and a renewed heart. But you're not focused on that. You're not focused on the do's and don'ts. You're focused on the relationship. And because of the relationship, because your heart is being transformed by His Spirit living within you, you begin to think like He thinks and act like He acts because you long to please Him. So it's driven by the relationship because you're walking in love, because you're being transformed into the image of Christ. Love doesn't do those wrong things. If we look at the list of the Ten Commandments, just starting there, love doesn't kill, love doesn't steal. Love doesn't lie. Love wouldn't commit adultery. You know, and that's the point that Jesus was making. If we're focused on this relationship and allow our relationship with God to be the center of our heart, then because of this relationship, because we love Him so much, we'll long to please Him. And out of that love relationship with Him, we will naturally fulfill the requirements of the law. Because love doesn't do any of those things. You're focused on the love
1: absolutely you know we talk about sin and obviously so because you reap what you sow okay whatever you sow is what you're going to reap but sometimes we get to thinking that uh, oh sin hurts god i think sin only hurts god in the fact that it blocks him from blessing us exactly he's not up there saying don't sin for his sake it's for our sake because he wants what's best for us i read a chapter in proverbs every day and uh I was reading the 19th chapter on the 19th last month, and it just, I don't know, I was reading in the message translation. I said, I'm going to read that translation this time. And uh, I just kind of jotted that scripture down so I wouldn't forget it. But in Proverbs 19:3, it says, people ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God get the blame? <laughs> And so that's true in my life. And, and so, you know, we blame God for everything that happens right. when, you know, most of my mess-ups have been my mess-ups. You know, it, the problem ain't on God's ends. The problem is on my end.
0: Paul tells us that we are to work in cooperation with the Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. we still have a will in this. Absolutely. And so, you know, when we're working in cooperation with the Spirit, that means that we are in the active relationship and we're in the Word. And so if we're in the Word, then we start to understand things that will help us to not mess up our lives. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. You keep on, you're going to make a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> But you
0: know there is a balance because then we have to pull out scriptures that talk about the fear of God, right? Because it says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's really understanding what that looks like because does the fear of God mean being scared of God? No. no, no it no. doesn't. We can't even have intimacy with God, which is what he earnestly desires from us, if we're afraid of him. So, the one who is afraid of God has something to hide. That's what Adam did when he disobeyed in the garden of Eden. You know, he hid from the presence of God. On the other hand, the one who Fears God is afraid to be away from Him. That's a healthy fear of God. You just want to stay in relationship. To fear the Lord is to honor, esteem, respect, and revere Him above anyone and anything. That's fear of the Lord, you know, a healthy fear. It's the fear of God that keeps us from drifting back into sin, but it's the love of God that keeps us from legalism which also destroys intimacy with God.
1: Yeah, Paul wrote and said it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. Right. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned Adam in the garden and trying to hide from God. You know, what I see in that is sin will make you do dumb, stupid things, like trying to hide from God behind a bush. <laughs> you, you know, you can't hide from God behind a bush. But if you go in and read that, here in that situation, Adam, Eve, Satan, and God. And God speaks out and says, Adam, where are you? Do you really think he didn't know where he was? No, he knew exactly where he was. So the question is not, where are you located? The question is, Adam, why are you not where you were supposed to be? Because in that relationship, God came down in the cool of the day and they walked together in the garden in the cool of the day. They had an appointment time, we could say it that way. And so after. Adam sinned. He was afraid to meet his appointment with God.
0: But God still showed up.
1: But God showed up. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Adam, where are you?" It's sort of like when you, you know, you walk into the bedroom and there your little boy is, Crayola in hand <laughs> and big circles written on the wall. What is the first thing you say? "What have you done?" Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty obvious what he's done. So, what are you looking for? You're looking for, "I'm sorry." You're looking for a recognition mm-hmm. of what he had done. But what did Adam do in that time? Is he said, the woman you gave to me.
0: Of course. Of you course he would. Blame now, the woman. Yeah, <laughs> That's right.
1: Let me just set you ladies free, okay? Let me just, I want all the women to be free, because y'all been bearing the burden of eating that apple all these years. <laughs> but let me just tell you something. When Satan tempted Eve, Adam was right there beside her read it closely you say Adam was with her why didn't he step up
0: it also tells us in the New Testament that that Adam wasn't even deceived
1: that's right he knew why didn't he step up we won't know that till eternity but
0: that's a good point because we can't put it all on Eve (laughs) that's exactly
1: right so ladies be free. All right. (laughs) In those three chapters, first three chapters of Genesis are some of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible, because there's so much revelation in there about the character of God. I mean, the word Eden literally means house of pleasure. That's what God did when he created Adam and Eve and, and put them in the garden. And it was there to fellowship with. And Adam had dominion. He had the right to rule and control The earth. Dominion is what he gave over to Satan, which makes that sin so devastating. And we're living in the fruit of that. Satan is the God of this world. Jesus came and defeated him and empowered us if we will walk in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit to overcome everything the enemy throws our way. And that's what a father wants their kids. Right. You know, anybody listening today, if you don't get anything out of this podcast, get this one message. God is your father, loves you with a love that you cannot even begin to comprehend and understand, wants you, every individual, to spend eternity with him in his presence. What you have to do is pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, be your savior, see Romans 10, 9 and 10, that he is the son of God and God raised him from the dead. If you will believe that in your heart, God will bring you into his family. And it's an Mm -hmm. eternal, it's an eternal relationship. Mm -hmm. How much more can he extend his love toward us than to want us to be with him for eternity?
0: Amen. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And Luke 12.7, And the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. 1 John three one. See how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us children, and that is what we are.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) What a great relationship. It really is. Mm -hmm. You know, just like me, it's just my story, how I grew up not understanding who God was. And when I learned that, it was life-changing for me and has become my life's mission to share it with whoever will listen. If you'll listen, I'll tell you about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that about you, Pastor Dale. You actually were so important in my life in my early years, and... I remember when you were retiring and I truly had tears flood my heart and my eyes and remembering just how much of a father figure that you were to me because I didn't have a father that was present and without even probably realizing it, I just always looked to you in that way and it always did seem to be the way you presented the gospel and it was a reflection of God and his goodness and so I appreciate that in you and appreciate you sharing with us today. That is the key to starting the relationship with with the lord just humbling ourselves before him and saying that prayer and asking him to be the lord of your life but there is a step after that and that is actually making him the lord of your life
1: absolutely yeah well i'm i'm extremely proud of you uh, to see where you were when we first met and to see how god has worked in your life and see where you are today and how god has blessed you and given you wisdom now here you are sharing your story and sharing the gospel with people all over the country.
0: You watered the seed, you really I mean, did. Hey, and so that's how the Lord works, I love God's, it. <laughs> God is good all God the is time. good. <laughs> Will you um, close us in prayer?
1: Absolutely, be glad to. Father, we thank you for who you are, for what you mean to us, most of all for Jesus who gave his life for us, that brought us in the right relationship with you. Holy Spirit, you are God, we recognize you as God, we invite you into our lives and ask you to lead us and guide us and direct us. Bring truth to us, reveal your truth to us, reveal the character of God to us even greater than we can even imagine. And so, Father, I just thank you that whoever is hearing this podcast, whoever is listening, I believe in Jesus' name that by your spirit, you will minister to them in whatever position they're in and whatever their need is. I thank you once again for Krista and her love for you and her desire to share the word of God with people around the world. We give you all the praise for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. If you would like to hear this podcast again, or if you would like to hear another one, you can find us at touroftruth.com, or you can also find us on Facebook. We'll look forward to chatting with you again soon.